What on earth is that? It's a Journey in the Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey into Comics Network. This is the Journey into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. This is Journey into Comics 335. My hands are going all crazy today. I am your host, the Pod Father Nate. Today again, joining me once again, as I said already. I don't know why I can't get my words out today. I guess that's how we're doing it. Welcome to the show, the Podmaster the one and only videographer of the Journey into Comics Network and all things that are groovy looking. Welcome back yet again, Brando. Well, once again, it's good to be here with you. And uh, once again, today we're talking about comic-related stuff. Uh, and once again, WandaVision. And uh, once again, episode 35, <laughs> title once again, dot, dot, dot. No, Nate, it's good to be here today on Valentine's Day. Nate, thank you for being my Valentine today, spending some good Aww. time with you. Um, here's a homosexual, a, a swig of wild cherry, uh, not Pepsi. Oh, and together and together we make wild cherry Pepsi. Almost, yeah, dude. This stuff almost tastes like wild cherry Pepsi. It's pretty crazy. It's not like I see. Obviously, it's missing the cola part. But it's it, tonic water. Yeah, it's a it, like it's that Walmart brand, the Clear American type oh, type deal. And, that's um, a fucking. That's a hell of a brand title. <laughs> We're Walmart. Here's Clear American. <laughs> Uh, wow, <laughs> dude. Bro. Okay, so here's, I've been trying to cut back on my soda intake, big time, and uh, it, it's not easy. It, I'm not winning, but I'm doing better. So, like, the more that I'm home, the less that I drink it. Uh, and typically, typically, like, I have I need some caffeine like in the morning to kind of you know one of those things like first thing in the morning. Like, okay, shit, I'm up. You know, let's get moving. And. Uh, so I have that, but then when I'm home, it's like, all right, no more of that crap. I'm at home, I'm drinking water, and this is technically water. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> technically water. Technically, no, like, well, the first ingredient is carbonated water. So therefore, okay. it, it, like, it is water, but it's got... It, it is, in fact, defined as water, the largest ingredient. One of my favorite flavors, natural flavor. It's got great natural flavor. Man, that it, natural flavor <laughs> of natural flavoring. But then it's got uh, it's got citric acid, malic acid, potassium benzoate, uh, and then my favorite of what this is why it's no sugar, aspartame. Ooh, <laughs> gotta tame aspartame. that ass. Um, oh yeah. 
But no, I even this. I'm, I I want to get off of this too. Like I I, I want to get into to where I'm drinking less uh, sugar substitutes. Even it's you know. sta- it's stamina in the bedroom, right? That's what's got you deciding <laughs> to come back on the pop. No, like I've got pretty good stamina. Oh. Uh, I, I more meant like maybe it's just I feel. Listen, okay, so I didn't realize I lost a fuck ton of weight. Mm-hmm. I guess like I lost like over twenty five pounds. Um, and big life changes will do that to you and shit like that. But like, um, what I didn't do is get rid of my stomach. So, uh, sometimes when action is happening, I get winded. Like, not that I'm like, oh, I'm going to finish in 45 seconds or some weird jazz, but it's more like, I'm tired. We're going to go. I'm exhausted. And I think I'm going to have a heart attack like five minutes in. And I'm like, okay. What is going on? Why do I have to go take a break to have a submarine sandwich and a Pepsi Cola? You know, like, <laughs> like, you know, like, what is going on here? So that's when I kind of thought, like, and of course I say that as I'm drinking Pepsi today, but um, I have been trying to be better about it. I will say, as opposed to you, when I'm home, I drink more pop. At work, we don't have any kind of pop cooler or anything, so... All I have access to is our nice water thing, and I use it all the time. So I am drinking water a lot at work, um, but when I'm home, I definitely go to Chug Town. Due to COVID and everything going on, we don't have water fountains in anymore. We do have an ice machine that you can get water out of, uh, but that's all the way downstairs, and I don't like to do that. So what I've been doing is I've been taking every day one soda-like beverage, whether it's a regular soda or like like a, like a monster or a rock star or something like that, something to kind of punch me. And see, the thing is, when I drink an energy drink, I I nurse that baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like suckling on the energy teat for like two, three hours. <laughs> I, I, I knew that'd pop you. I knew that'd pop you. <laughs> but no, other than that, I just bring like a bottle suckling of Suckling on the energy teat might be this episode title, even though it's going to have nothing to do with what we're actually talking. <laughs> maybe no. it will. Maybe somehow it will. I don't know. We'll figure it out as we weave this thread Maybe along. we just put that in a half for another day. Anyway, no. Um, no other than that, I, I just drink water and try not to give in to temptation of, man, I could use a soda or something like that. Why did I just get like a, for su- the suckling on the energy teat just made me think of like a cow that's like just a normal cow but has a tattoo of the monster logo <laughs> on one teat <laughs> and that's where monster exclusively flows. What's the name uh, of the uh, you know cow uh, like Kyle right but it's like Kyle Cowl. <laughs> what Kyle oh. the. the, the the, the stereotypical name of the, the dude that drinks monster you. punches through drywall, so it's a cow. Cow. Okay, no bad dad joke. No, today I tried for the first time. They just put them out. The the Coca Cola coffee. Oh man, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I am pissed and it grinds my gears. Like like just like like it grinds your coffee. Y- yes. <laughs> yes. Just so. like it grinds my damn coffee. I need to take you back to. Um... Well, how about this? Drax's days, as it were, were in the band early, early going. I'm working at McDonald's. I'm 15. I'm 15-year-old me. I grab a hot cup of coffee that's only half full, and I don't want to drink hot coffee, and we don't have any decent-flavored anything there but just old people fucking half and half, and I'm like, I'm not drinking fucking half and half. So I went to the – swear to the true story. Went to the fountain machine, 
and I put Coke in my coffee and drank it. We called it Black Coke. It was amazing. And I always said, man, why don't they just make this? It'd be great. It'd be the bee's knees. Spoiler alert, if they you did. tried Dark Blend, did you try the Dark Blend? Okay, so, no. They were first released Coca-Cola Black in the early 2000s, early mid-2000s. And it was a coffee-based Coke. And yes, I did get the Dark Blend. Because uh, that was the only one that they had, and I did try it. Did it taste just like it? It did. That's exactly how mine tasted when I made it at McDonald's. It was cr- I almost threw a fit, dude. I'm driving to work. I took a sip, and I was like, are you kidding me? This is my drink, bro. It tastes the same. How do they do it? All right, so I actually didn't like it that much, uh, and it wasn't the flavor, more so as if, I some drinks and beverages shouldn't just not be carbonated. And I don't think coffee is that for me. I felt like there was the coffee taste but it was too sharp. So number 1 when I drink coffee, I'm expecting bitterness cuz that's cuz that's coffee. And uh, as you get older, I don't know if we just get older and bitter <laughs> ourselves, <laughs> but it becomes easier for us to drink those bitter drinks like beer or or, or coffee or whatever, what like whatever drinks. Uh, it just seems like as you get older, you get more of a taste for it, and, you, and all your kids our think, souls decaying, and we're losing our care for taste. Yeah, we're just existing in this plane of like, give me energy and allow me to get through this fucking day without. Doing something stupid. Yeah, so I tried it, and it was the. I like carbonation, and I like like that that like that snap. That's why I'm I'm drinking carbonated water. That's why uh, we're thinking of like to to get off of these and the and, and the other stuff. Like we're thinking of different ways that we can do it and still have carbon. Like I need some of that. It just needs to be like I don't know a little bite. But the coffee was too much, and it, like I, I sat there with it with the, with the twelve ounce can going. I have to finish this. Now, some drinks weren't that bad, but like, so if I took a big drink and and it went down really like really fast, it wasn't that bad. The longer that it stayed in mold, if I took a sip, mm, no. So here, here was my thing about it. I loved it. I thought it tasted just like the creation I had made at McDonald's all those years ago. Was it exact? I mean, d- dude nearly exact. I would say the only difference is it didn't have the more of the hot bite because that was the difference. You're mixing hot coffee with cold Coke, okay, which creates a really unique because you're kind of cooling the coffee, but there's still those notes of the heat in there. So you get some chocolate kind of coming through. It's really, man. So what would you rank it? Oh, I like this. As we do a uh, a little a little rank here, I would give their version of my creation... An eight point seven four. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I don't think it scores quite that high for me. Uh, I don't think that I'll buy it again. Uh, okay. I don't. I want to try the caramel. Maybe that could be. I I don't want to try the dark blend again. Like the carbonation. I, so I'm not even sure if it cracks a five for me. Maybe it's okay. a maybe it's a four point nine two. Ooh, I like that rating, Brando. Real quick though, I will say that I'm gonna adjust my rating based on one thing I did not discuss. There was some downside to the coffee coke deliciousness. 
it gave me some of the worst gurgle guts I have ever had, bro. I mean, I mean, breaking out in cold sweat gurgle guts. And I was like, oh, well, the only thing I've had this morning is this fucking Coke with coffee. So, oh, oh, God, I need to run to the work bathroom that's out of order right now. <laughs> Blow Great. It Blow it up. <laughs> but, uh, Brando, you know, we were talking about raking that Coke. It just got me thinking, man, I feel like in this universe, if there was only a show where we ranked music that we liked. Yeah and told people what we thought about not just like blanket statement this album is good but like every song and what if we ranked them all i know it would it would be pretty neat if a such such a show like that did exist i i, th- I think i think that maybe and this is just me now if you were to go into the matrix and type in rank them all dot rocks on your computation station, you would probably end up at a place that does exactly that, where a group of four awesome, nerdy, cool, well-looking, uh, throw great more descriptors out there, dudes are reviewing music. And that's what rank them all is, Brando. Absolutely. Uh, so what we do is we just take uh, you know some of our favorite bands or artists and go down their entire discography, rank all the songs, give us our album ranks. We have launched the show uh, at the very end of January. We are starting with one of our favorite bands, Metallica, and we are going to go right down their discography. We already have a bunch of other stuff lined up for the rest of the year. This is absolutely crazy. We have like a lot of big plans, a lot of great feedback from all of you guys too that have listened to the episodes and given us what you thought of it, and all and of course all the great Facebook likes that like that has been one of the fastest growing things that we have started as a part of the Journey to Comics Network, and uh, all of us for myself to Nate uh, to Nick Maxson and, and, and to Dick Tyner, all of us that were involved and are still involved going forward. We're all just completely psyched about this project. It cannot wait to uh, you know to move forward. Where you know we you know, the Master of Puppets album just came out. We have a couple a couple other really big iconic records from Metallica to hit before we wrap that up. And uh, you know this is going to be a musical journey. If you guys are into music, into rock and roll, or, or, or heavy metal, or anything else, there's going to be a lot of different things for everybody going along our our journey. But what I like about it, Nate, is that it allows you to rediscover some of the stuff that you did know. Uh, listen to full albums, which some people don't do. They just listen to the radio or listen to the hits. But also discovering new bands that they might have not actually listened before. And, and you know that's something that we're going to be looking at going forward, too, with Rank'em All. Well, and I think it does give people an opportunity to, you know... Uh, and, and with Metallica, it's one thing you and I and, and Dick and Nick really love that band. So we have a lot to talk about, a lot to gush on, <clears throat> interesting stories and whatnot. But as we continue through, we're going to be finding artists and listening to songs we've never heard Mm -hmm. and experiencing this for the first time, like some of the audience who we want to get in on this stuff. So, you know, just to quickly break away from the show and to have our little advertisement here, it is cool. I'm really glad that we're doing this show. The feedback has been amazing, and I do encourage you folks to check it out. Yeah, it's on all those cool podcasting platforms where you find this show, as well as rankamall.rocks, as well as also... YouTube. There's a cool YouTube video of us. You get to see one of my favorite things, Nate. You get to see, and uh, Blaine actually threw this out there. We need to do a compilation of every time Nick gets like exasperated and just kind of like <laughs> has a reaction of sorts. Mostly, mostly to Dick, but 
<laughs> which is a part of the drinking game. If you see Nick get exasperated on account of Dick, you got to be taking a drink, which means you're going to be pretty drunk at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, please go check that show out. We're really proud of it, and we think you'll really enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, you'll definitely be glad that, that you subscribed over on that show. A lot of cool stuff coming down the line. But, Nate, this week we got the Malcolm in the Middle episode Woo! for WandaVision. And... I got to say, right out of the gate, I love the aesthetic of the show. They nailed it. The moment that we got to it, I was like, because at first, when you saw like the the clips or, or, or stuff, you thought that maybe the Halloween episode was going to be in the 80s, because it kind of looked very 80s-ish. But, sure. then, but then they hit it in, and they nailed the formula, or just the motif of Malcolm in the Middle, with the kids talking directly to the camera. And... Uh, Man, really, really cool. I I love that 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 grungy episode. The only the only thing that really uh, was a disappointment for me is that uh, is that Elizabeth Ol- Olsen, who is like a really beautiful woman, did not answer the door topless. And the uh, sand. If you ever watched Malcolm in the Middle, I think it's the first episode. Their mom an- 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 answers the door completely, not wearing a shirt, and they're like, "Uh, uh, what? Just what? What? Their tits." <laughs> What do you need? What do you want? I'm doing laundry yep. here. <laughs> She's like, I'm busy. Uh, this episode was stellar, Brando. There's a lot to dive into. I have a lot of theories, a lot to discuss. Um, so many things that they pulled off, stuff we never expected, the bigger picture, the question of what's coming. I don't even know where to start. Like, uh, There was a lot, a lot. Obviously, here's one of the first biggest things we got. And it immediately popped me. I don't know if it popped you. In the goddamn recap, in the recap, we got to see proper Aaron Taylor Johnson's Pietro killed. Like, re-referenced. Like, Mm -hmm. here, this is what you need to focus on. Don't forget this moment. It's very important later on in this episode and what's going to tie back around. But, um... So that that was like a, a huge like oh my god moment thing. Obviously, the Malcolm in the Middle aesthetic of this episode was great. You had Wanda and Vision and the kids all kind of in their own separate stories. Vision's on his own quest. He does kind of lie, mm-hmm. which is unlike him, but he is trying to solve this mystery, and he's Sherlock Holmesing the best that his little robot brain can. And while he's Sherlock Holmesing, you've got Wanda and Pietro taking Speed and Wiccan. We're just going to call them Speed and Wiccan instead of Tommy and Billy because they didn't even wait. They did not. They did not say, "Hey, like six episodes down, we might consider their their origin to give them." Pa-. Nope. Here they are. The kids have the speed. The kids have the 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 the, the fucking. Pa- I, I was stunned. This episode stunned me. There were too many good things as a comic book fan. The comic accurate costumes, like, I don't even know, Brando. What did you think? No, I absolutely loved it. As I said I, I already, I love the I love that late 90s uh, Malcolm in the Middle motif. But then um, I really did like uh, all the stuff with the kids. Uh, the fact that... Um, so is he officially called Pietro? In yeah. this, okay, so because yeah. in, obviously in the other movies he's in, he's called Peter. So, Correct. 
So the new Pietro, he he's kind of like the older brother, Malcolm in the middle character, always getting the stuff in the trouble. I'll look after him, and then you know getting into hijinks. Uh, so you got that going on. I really liked how on the outside world they are discovering that um, the guy in charge, like what's his name? The guy in charge. Yeah. The director of Sword. Director of Sword. He, he seems uh, to, the, a, a, Agent Howard, I think. He seems to know more than what Agent he's letting Ford? on. Yeah, he seems to know more than what he's letting on. And he's been keeping tabs of people, and then they're able to see that there's several people just standing still. Just not being used. They're, like, they're NPCs. Yeah, uh, and then we got... That was a moment that was startling as fuck. Vision is like walking in through the deep, deep parts of town, getting closer to Ellis Avenue, which we've been, you know, we heard the kids say, or she tells them, don't go past Ellis Avenue. We know, mom, we know we're not going to go past your imaginary border. We get it. Like, but obviously Vision doesn't know that. And he's, as he's walking, he just stops and looks at this woman who's going to hang laundry and she's just like mid pose frozen and he sees this tear she keeps trying to like, hang the laundry but she keeps missing and she's it's like she's in a loop and she can't stop yeah 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 but this then kind of confirmed something i had said way back i mean it's a little bit different because obviously wanda is giving people who already exist new identities and causing them to just be like what people see the world as you know like because what do you what happens when you walk through a place in a town you're not going to remember the random lady hanging her clothes but what if she never actually got to hang those clothes and was always in that loop you know then you'd pay attention you know, yeah like something yeah missed. but wanda has this incredible power to fully genuinely shift reality around her on an epically grand scale now let's talk a little bit about something quickly because we got one of the most unique commercials of WandaVision. The first time we didn't get live action actors uh, and the first time that this something did not directly, at least to the naked eye, directly seem like it had anything to do with anything. However... What does this shark commercial scream to you, Brandon? What was the first thing you thought? I thought of Chef Boyardee. Okay, Chef Boyardee's cool. My first thought was, look at this. Kid in need on an island crying for help. So let's flip a couple words. Wanda all alone crying for help and someone comes and rescues her and offers her or the kid in the island an opportunity to right these wrongs here this is what you need to survive take it but as we see in the commercial the kid can't open it he withers away and dies okay wanda using her powers right now is eroding her powers and she doesn't realize it the more she extrains those Something, and I think I've mentioned Mephisto before, it could also possibly be Nightmare that we're talking about here, is taking that energy from her. So one thing I noticed, Brando, and this was a little, little tiny, tiny, but little dude was said twice yep. in the episode. Once by the shark, 
and once by Pietro. Yep. Leading me back to, I think, Pietro is Nightmare. On the inside of Wanda's world, kind of keeping tabs now to make sure that things are going how they need them to go and reassuring her that this is the world she wants and she can have it. While on the outside, director Hayward or Howard or whatever the F his name is, is actually Mephisto and is the ringleader of this circus. And things are getting a lot crazier than we know. That's kind of my take. Interesting. Also, the shark would be the soul stone if we're keeping tabs on possibly having each of the commercials represent yeah. one of the uh, Infinity Stones. Yeah, I I definitely noticed that when when the kid withered away and, <laughs> and was left without a soul. But no, that that was a really neat commercial. I, again, taking advantage of the type of style um, for the time period. You know that that was very '90s. It's like they put themselves in a box to create such a unique piece of art. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we can only when we're going to do these episodes. When we do episode one, we have to focus on this decade. Episode two's in this, and so on. Which leads me to my next thing, Brando. The Ots is next, bud. Yep. What are we going to get for the odds? Because I don't think we've seen anything that re- represents reality television on a uh, think park and rec office 30 rock type vibe. So the from the odds was not the early odds, but the like the more recent stuff that I think that, that they're going to be doing. I, I think I heard modern family uh, okay. is something that they're going to do. And, and we already saw I saw a clip of that with with Wanda sitting on the chair talking to the camera like. Like, so that's a thing, uh, but I don't know what episode we're going to get it. But also, the last three episodes are like almost an hour long. Wow! So yeah, we we're we are now over the hump, and we're getting into the the real uh, climax of this story. And I tell you what, the only the only bad part about it is that it is that it's going to end, and it's going to leave us wanting more, and we have to wait a whole year to get Spider Man resolution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the Falcon Winter Soldier show is probably not going to be directly involved with this at all, even if they if they even mention it, like it like it could be its own little pocket of thing that like you may not see anything from it at all. Maybe it takes place uh, after or away from it, you know, just like the whole just just like uh, Spider Man Far From Home, how that took takes place eight months after Endgame, and this story right here of WandaVision takes place a few weeks, like. Within like uh, not even a month removed from Endgame, so it's going to be interesting to see how the effects of the ending of this series does affect going into other things, even if we get to see any effects of that at all. Oh, I yes, I I think that it could be possible that with Falcon and Winter Soldier there is a brief mention of like the situation, maybe a mention of sword. Not necessarily a direct tie, but just letting you know, like, hey, this universe is definitely super interconnected, bro. Like, don't forget it. Obviously, we're not going to. But I want to take it back again to the next episode. Episode, what is it, seven? Yeah. Episode seven, I feel like we know very little about these last three, seven, eight, and nine, right? I want to take a look at the bigger picture of the episodes that we have so far, what we've heard, and then look at what seems to be the case okay and monica is the clue to what i think episode seven is actually going to be and it's going to turn the whole game upside down 
Uh, and I don't know if you heard it here first. This is just I, late night as I was going to sleep. I had this crazy thought. So Monica Rambeau has an astro, an aerophysicist, no, an aerospace not. scientist, whatever it is, who she knows that she wants to bring in to help solve this problem. First person I thought was Reed Richards. Yeah. So then she calls and says, my guy's on the way coming. Reed Richards possibly coming. Then she says, he's almost here. I got to meet him over the bridge. He's got this thing that's going to help us get through to the other side. Still coming. And now we're at this point where we're in the early aughts. So 2000s-ish, early 2000s-ish. And we have a lot of interesting X factors that just happen to line up. We know for a fact John Krasinski has had a meeting about a multitude of projects with Marvel. Those were the exact words in the in the descriptor. Multitude of projects. We also know the office is set in the early aughts. We know John Krasinski was a part of that series and was really a, a really integral part to why that series was so good. What if John Krasinski, as predicted and hoped for by fans, and even John Krasinski himself saying he wanted it, in the next episode is an office-style episode of his journey figuring out what Monica's dealing with as an office-style thing and it's our introduction to Reed Richards. You mean what if he gets sucked into it and gets casted? No, I'm saying he well maybe he could get cast, but he's already outside the bubble so they could tell it as a, you know, just like a hey, we're doing like a documentary style office mm. style thing about you. He's already been in that world and knows how to act around that style of shooting. I just thought it would be so, funny if it was at Vision's work. And oh, that would be interesting too. If if well, because one 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 thing we didn't say is that Vision um, finds Agnes sitting right there. Oh, we had seen this in the trailers too. Right. So so she was sitting on that road. Was it Ellis Avenue? Yep. And and she she was sitting there, and and, and then he's like, Agnes, what are you doing? And she's like, I was like, she was going to like to the to the to the town square. He's like. Took a wrong in town square. He's like, like, well, she's like, I took a wrong turn. And then he kind of wakes her up, just like he did to uh, to Norm or yeah, Norm, Norm. And then she's like, Oh my god, you're an Avenger. You're here to save us. You're Vision. He goes, Yes, I am Vision. What's an Avenger? <laughs> and uh, he kind of snaps her back in, and she does a U-turn and goes back. And he keeps walking to the border and crosses through that red border that, that we've already seen that, that Wanda's walk through that, that, um, that Monica got sucked into and he starts deteriorating and it's like, it's sucking him and pulling him back, but he's breaking apart. He's dying, essentially, or they think he is. And he does. He falls over, mm -hmm. just toast. And uh, that's when uh, Wiccan can hear and feel Vision is dying. God, that was such a dope fucking moment, bro. Um, oh, raise the hairs on my arms. So, 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 before we get back to that, there's another scene that we didn't really get to get to get to talk about. Pietro and Wanda have a nice little heart-to-heart. -heart. 
where Pietro breaks the fourth wall. He understands. He knows what's going on here. That was really neat. Yeah. It, she doesn't. She almost doesn't know what know what to say to say about it. And like she's, and she's like she doesn't know what she's doing. And he's like, "It's okay. It's not wrong. I get it." Yeah. Very. And very that's f- why again, devil's advocate. It's not wrong, Wanda. What you're doing's fine. Keep mm-hmm. doing it. That's just reassuring her. The devil in her ear, you know. That's why it's got to be Pietro, the only person that she could feel reassurance from, because obviously. She's felt semi-reassurance from Vision, but he's turned on her and realizes or that something's amiss, not necessarily the whole truth. I don't think even he can see the bigger picture because right now he is so focused on it being Wanda as the source and not something bigger than her. Yeah. And then, you know, the kids only go so far, but she's also learned that she created them and she actually genuinely created living beings. They are not going to not be in this world when things go back to normal essentially is kind of what I think they're teasing there and that's why they said that you know, oh no they're not they weren't cast these aren't somebody else's children these are hers they're of her own you know so you had that and then like who else can she turn to Pietro mm-hmm. but then bro the moment she looks at Evan Peters Pietro and he is dead and bullet ridden was amazing it was like the and that leads me back again that Pietro is definitely nightmare because the reason she's seeing dead vision, the reason she's seeing uh, dead Pietro is to scare her back into being afraid of the real world, mm-hmm. knowing she can take comfort in her fake world where everything is as she's controlling it, even though she doesn't realize what she's doing. So now back to when vision comes out of the, out of the portal, out of the, the fake wall and he's being torn apart. Uh, the, uh, the sword agents knows where he is because they have a tracker on him. And so they go to where he is. Um, and then Darcy, who was able to hack into that, I, that, that, that is only the, like the one thing here is that like sword really doesn't have their shit together where she's hacking into their stuff. He told them to leave and get out of here. God damn it. Get it. You know, get it. Like, but then, She's like, I'm gonna stay here and hack and do my things, and they're just there on the base, just hanging out. Like they really don't. Um, he didn't like have them like, like escorted. He didn't make well, them. No, they did, but uh, Agent Wu knocked yeah. out the security, and then they switched their costumes. Yeah, but I mean, that's the only part that makes me like, mm, okay, whatever, whatever. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harp on that too much. It, it, it's not a make or break, but it just made me go You're like, suspend my disbelief, suspend my disbelief. Right, and it's just like okay, so so it's like she just like nobody has found her, like like they didn't realize that hey they never left like they really don't have uh, anyway anyway she runs this, out this is not shield bro or hydra <laughs> yeah uh, so like she runs out and like he's dying or does whatever help him and they why hand- is nobody helping him he's they, dying they handcuff her to one of the vehicles when Wanda gets word that he has gotten out, she expands the walls. Well, first she stops time. First she does She stop literally time. goes, stop. And then her eyes start glowing, and I was like, holy shit. X-Men level powers. This is her breaking into her mutant ability, which means I don't know if directly this instance is going to be the cause, but Monica has been on a cellular level 
adjusted, changed, yep. altered because she's gone through the wall a couple times now. And that's, again, leading to her being Spectre or Photon. We'll see what direction they decide to go. But other people going through Wanda's wall could cellularly change them, creating mutants, depending on how far she expands, therefore meaning she just did the House of M, and we didn't even really, as an overall audience, no one's popping about, oh, my God, she just essentially started the House of M, and we are not talking about it because we're not thinking like that because we haven't been led to understand the amount of her power and how it can affect people when they go through that border. That's exactly what I was going to get to. The fact that we got this neat little Easter egg of Evan Peters, uh, you know, coming in. What's up, sis? And obviously that's not the right actor. He's from the X-Men who are mutants. But then this episode's kind of leading you to, leading you to believe that he is not that version of the character. He's just the other the other version in another universe or whatever playing the version here who died. So it's like kind of like interdimensional timey-wimey type deal, right? Yeah. But then the moment they started talking about he has your labs, you've been altered on a cellular level. I'm like, holy shit, they, they, she just created mutants. That's how they're going to create mutants. They already have supers. They already have the Avengers. They already have all these people. Now they're going to have everyday normal people having abnormalities. Imagine if she's able to push that wall across the entire world. Well, I think that's what we're getting close to, and I feel like we're going to get a couple things. We're going to get that Reed Richards possible cameo, and that's not going to be the biggest shock. Yeah, I think we could also very well get... Uh, a version of Spider-Man, maybe not Tom Holland, maybe Tom Holland, we'll see. But I think Doctor Strange is going to be who comes to the rescue in this and actually helps Wanda, but also creates his own cavalcade of problems because he's like, it's fucking Mephisto, and I've been trying to stop this bastard, and he keeps running from me, slippery, slippery little devil, you know? So I think I think we're setting up for the next three Fridays to be... Wanda is WandaVision is already appointment television. If you're not watching it, you're a moron. No offense to you morons who aren't watching it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. Get on it, guys. Start WandaVision. You're gonna love it, especially if you love the MCU. Uh this is a great um God damn it, bro. This is what I wanted those Netflix shows to be. Mm-hmm on this level of interconnected and really punch and really mean like, Hey, this universe exists. Damn it. We're a part of it. And, and we take hold and the, you know, what we're doing is going to have stock. And maybe of course it took Wanda, who's the most, most powerful Avenger on in, in reality to actually be what changed their perspective to how they wrote, you know, like, Oh, it's agents of shield. We can only do so much. Oh, it's fucking daredevil. He can only, well, do a so lot much. of that was the, uh, former leadership, also true. Um, and I can't remember the guy's name, but it was the that. It, but it, but it was before Feige had complete and utter control of all of that. Ike Perlmutter. Ike Perlmutter. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'll Pearl, never forget that dumb bastard's no, name. No, no, Perlmutter made a lot of mistakes. He's a real motherfucker. <laughs> I live. <laughs> <laughs> I 
pizza pot bread. Oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no. It, he wanted those shows to be lightly connected and and not not have anything that they do really affect what they're doing on the big screen, just um, referenced, I guess. Which is why we got... Why you had... Um, oh, um... Agent douchebag. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> That's why I called a douchebag. The and like in the first Avengers, where like when he dies. Oh, Coulson. Coulson. You had Agent Coulson die, and then all of a sudden he's back for Agents of Shield, but never referenced. And, and no one knows alive. No one knows he's alive except for everyone that he interacts with. And somehow word never gets back to Tony Stark. Or or Captain America, that hey, you remember Agent Coulson? Oh yeah, Jamie died. Actually, he's been alive this whole fucking time doing shit. What? Say what? Ooh, bro, though. In this world, honestly, interesting too because maybe we got a tease for this already. But what was Coulson in uh, Captain Marvel? He was with, um, oh, ah, he was actually a scroll. Yeah. All right. And we are getting a secret invasion and maybe Coulson's death could be tied back later and have him be a great reveal for those who are still living the living Avengers. Like what the, f- we saw Hulk like banner having that moment, Thor having that moment. We may get more Cap because there is a rumor or at least a, some sort of confirmation Chris Evans has signed on to do more Captain America work, which I can't even believe is a real thing. Like, that would be a huge moment where he's revealed as, like, having been trapped in this ship that the Skrulls had that were doing tests on these humans, and he'd been trapped since the 90s. And, you know, the version that we watched die and the version that was even in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's why he died and then was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The reality isn't that they re programmed his brain and they had this whole Avengers project in case an Avenger died they used on him no he's a fucking scroll they just replaced him with another scroll because that you could do that like oh what what that guy died we'll just make another scroll look like him it's fine take that dude's face bro <laughs> so apparently they're making another face-off movie like like a like a remake or a reboot or whatever I want to take his face off and it made me um I've been seeing like all the posters for like Godzilla and uh Kong. So it's like the face off. It's like Kong being like I'd rather take his face off and I want to swap their faces. <laughs> you should totally do that. That'd be oh man. Anyway, no. Um it just uh going forward into the MCU as a whole, you know. I'm not opposed to Chris Evans playing more Captain as long as it's done in taste with how that character's end. Don't don't change the end because it was too good. Um, if there's other stories to be told before he settles down, then that's cool. That's awesome as long as we don't interrupt that. Like because there is a whole pocket where he could have done shit for like 20 years. <laughs> well, and then and then there's also the question of like the and I know you've seen the rumors and stuff. But there's an older gentleman who fits the cap description almost to a T that's seen in a couple different key moments through the MCU earlier in the whole thing. One specific moment being a pallbearer for 
Sharon uh, for Peggy Carter and like just this bizarre old dude just sitting there. But from the back, it looks exactly like Captain America's old ass. Like what? That's not coincidence, bro. You know, they don't just throw random coincidence at the wall. Everything has some sort of plot plan or idea. That's why they're doing it so well. And honestly, man, Feige is on fire. Is that a reference to the Human Torch? No, but it should have been. <laughs> flame on. <laughs> yes, he is. He is flaming. Don't no, don't say that. But um, maybe, maybe Chris Evans is coming back to play Human Torch. Whoa, dude! Wouldn't that be something? Because <laughs> I mean, whoa! <laughs> I mean, we're already getting this multiverse thing, and that, bro. Does that mean they could cast Affleck as Daredevil? Yep. But but does that but does that then also mean Dolph Lundgren could be the Punisher? Punisher. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. But uh, then doesn't that also 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 mean that David Hasselhoff is going to be Nick, Nick Fury. Fury. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the thing is, is that, look, I know um, a lot of political climate and everything going on today. If they were just to be like, here's Nick Fury and it's David Hasselhoff, people would be like, what the hell? He's Sam Jackson. Why'd they take a role away from a black guy? And I get that. But people don't know Marvel Comics history. He has been both. He has He's been actually a, started off as a white dude. Started off as a white dude, a and then dude, and then there was then another version. White dude again. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there was actually a part of the universe that had both the white and the black version of Nick Fury living at the exact same damn time. So that yeah, I mean, anything's possible in Marvel. Yeah, anything's possible. It's freaking David Hasselhoff. I mean, dude, you have no idea if we get a movie at the end of Spider-Man Multiverse and we get a redo of Peter Parker, uh, or or, or it's uh, playing the. Sp- the spot of Tony Stark from Iron Man 1. <laughs> and instead of sitting in the shadows, it's Sam Jackson, it's David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. I would laugh hey, and love it so much. <laughs> I, would, I would be clapping so hard for that. And people are like, people would be like, what's going on? I'm like, we have Nick Fury 2.0. And David, thank you. Nick Fury has returned the original oh, Nick Fury. Is, my gosh. And actually, they could technically storyline it too because we just saw Nick Fury as a scroll yep. in Far From Home. And the real Nick Fury is on that base where other people could totally be, is what I'm getting back to. But then also, 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 you could then have Hasselhoff be the real Fury whose identity was stolen, who's been trapped by the scrolls since before the whole shit with Carol. He's been trapped since the eighties, since when he filmed that for real. Like you could even find a way to canonize the shit, man. Like <laughs> well, they, it's, they could go deep with this. Could go deep with it. Okay. So but, uh, um, how cool would it be? Secret invasion, Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury, and just, just the, the interaction. Sam Jackson be like, there's only one Fury. There's only one Fury. Even my mama called me Fury. <laughs> and your eye patch is on the wrong side. It's on the wrong side. <laughs> anyway, no, great stuff from that. And uh, really looking forward to it. But you mentioned Ben Affleck. And uh, just today, the new Justice League Snyder Cut trailer, uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, uh, which is coming out in like a month on HBO Max. And um, 
God, we got a new trailer, and I got to say. March is going to be busy, bro. I know, dude. We got Falcon Winter Soldier, which was the highest rated part of, of the Super Bowl. Um, but, uh, no, so we got that series coming. We got the trailer for that, which was awesome. I dug it a lot. But the trailer for Justice League, it got me hyped. It was it looked like a trailer. whole different movie. But of course, there's stuff in there that, that, that you do recognize. And stuff, and a few scenes that we've seen before already released. And but just a little while ago, like a week or so ago, we got the the like the Jared Leto reveal of what he looks like. Yeah, and it's completely different from the Suicide Squad version, where it's more makeup and um, uh, more run down, more more rugged. Time has not been kind to Joe Kerr. Yeah, to Joe Kerr and. Uh, but no, the spot that we got in the trailer, which is from the like from from like the nightmare sequence, they it's like the it's like the nightmare sequence in this movie is gonna be a lot longer, and uh, it it features like an apocalyptic type type event where it seems like Batman and Joker have to work together because the world's ending. We can fight later, but we both kind of want to live. <laughs> yep. Uh, no. I dug it. I dug it a lot. And I guess they're also going to have a black and white version of the film uh, to watch. Yeah, Justice is Gray mm-hmm. is the version, and it's going to be the black and white edition he, uh, Zack Snyder, announced on whatever, v- Vivo, whatever it is he's using. He uses some sort of weird service that's not like Instagram to post his videos and shit, but he's been posting all of his like teasers and stuff there, and he said that he was working on Justice and Gray, and someone said, "Is that the black and white version of your movie?" And he said, "Yeah, like so." They're going to release both, and it's going to come out to own on 4K Blu-ray. And he wants it to go to theaters. He's like, he wants it to be in that setting. And uh, for theaters, it's going to have a ten-minute intermission uh, because it is a four-hour movie. So. The ten minute intermission just as Barry Allen pulling the screen away, it breaks the fourth wall, and he's like, "Hey, I'm talking to you guys. If right now is the time where you need to piss, you should probably do that. Do you need snacks? You should probably do that. Do you need me to run and go get you snacks? I can't because I can't travel through this. You know, like the the all kinds of creative fucking fun. Uh, you know, guys, stay safe, shit. social distancing. You know, we've got a crazy world going on. Uh, <laughs> no, no, great stuff. I, I'm super excited for it. We got some pretty cool stuff coming down the line. Uh, Feige, he is insistent. Black Widow will not release to Disney Plus before theaters. Which, which makes me think there has to be some sort of insanely unexplainable, massive, gigantic, shocking, mind-blowing reveal that is going to change the course of MCU again because that's why he doesn't want it to be in a home setting because you are going to drive people to the theater when the hype from hearing what's happening with this movie hits. Oh, we went to the theaters, saw Black Widow. There's this fucking crazy shock moment. King Conqueror showed up, warned her that she's going to die soon. And then, of course, everything that happens in Vormir, you know, or some shit like that, you know, some crazy moment or whatever. And then everybody's like, we got to go to sit in theaters, you know, and then it makes 23 trillion fucking dollars or whatever it's going to do. I don't know. I we'll see. The, from a marketing standpoint, what he's going for. I don't know what the end product is, but I feel like if he had. They moved WandaVision and released it sooner rather than later. It was supposed to go after Falcon and Winter Soldier, after Black Widow. So (laughs) if he can release that and that's got big reveals, but he's not willing to release Black Widow, that means it's got something bigger. That's just my my first gut feeling. 
I have a feeling it's more business oriented than creative. Okay. I have a feeling that it's uh, more so in tune with. Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the show last week. We might have talked about it. I talked about it with somebody, where we talked about uh, how movies have been releasing and how like Trolls World Tour came out and it went directly to rental for like uh, you know twenty dollars, twenty dollar <laughs> rental for like a weekend or something or like twenty four hours, whatever it was, forty eight hours. Yep. But the issue was is that the stars of that movie it was like Justin Timberlake and you know the other leading gal that plays Poppy. I, I don't remember her name. Their contracts to get paid, it was so much down. And then this is the way a lot of movies work. It's like so like if you if you're gonna get paid five million dollars to do a movie, you're gonna get paid X amount down. The rest after the movie has run its course in theaters, and we look at how much revenue we have, because then the company's gonna get all that money, count it out. Being all right, this this is the money we have to pay the stars. Boom, you got that. This is the money we had to cover our expenses for advertising. Boom, that's covered back in that pocket. There, this is the X amount that we have for profit. How much was the movie profitable? And that uh, because it did not go to theaters in the exact same way. Of course, Trolls Two released at the height of the quarantine. That they were not. That was not in the contract. Uh, if the movie got released, they didn't have to pay them. The yeah. So like, well, they got around paying them. No, they. Uh, from what I understand, the the stars still got paid, but they definitely uh, raised a stink about it because um, it was a technicality, um, and the stars were not told in advance that that that, that this was going to happen, and they were wondering, hey, um, how are you gonna, you know? You're like, you're gonna pay me, right? You know, you, and you how never... you resurrect my cash flow if you don't got no cash flow yourself? Well, see, and the movie, the movie did make gangbusters, uh, because a lot of people rented it. You know, uh, you know, for twenty dollars. No one knew what was gonna happen over the course of the next year. We yeah. thought we were gonna be trapped forever. Yeah. So, like, you know, I rented it for a weekend because you know my oldest wanted to see it, and we watched it. We watched it once, and it, you know, a pretty fun movie. But, um, um, cool, cool little. Uh, uh, cameo from Ozzy Osbourne in that movie. Uh, so that's like, so like that was fun, you know. Basically, the whole the whole here here here's here's dad mode now talking about trolls. Um, it, it you know it's very music based. Um, and they love to sing and dance. Well, then they find out that there's different realms and different genres of trolls, uh, and, and so they have the rock and roll one, and she's trying to take over all the other genres, and like basically. Uh, cut all the guitar strings or whatever, <laughs> and uh, of course, and her dad is Ozzy Osbourne, who is half not even aware of what's going on. He's like rock and roll, <laughs> but uh, no, it's just uh, a whole a whole hub a hubba baloo. And of course, they did do that with Mulan, where they released on Disney Plus for a fee, if, but you had to be a subscriber first, so you have to subscribe to it and pay them that much money to then buy the movie for you to watch it early, which was going to go to everybody who was going to subscribe to it anyway two months later. Convoluted. Yeah, well, the, the, well, then it's like, you know, Bill and Ted came out, and it did release digitally, as well as in theaters. On Voodoo, you didn't have to pay extra for it. You just, if you wanted the movie, you could buy the movie now. And it's like, on one hand, you know, a lot of people want to own stuff physically. I know that for MCU stuff, I want to own it, own it digitally. But for like 
for this in general, like for Bill and Ted, I didn't care to own it. Like I didn't care if I had it physically, but it's just, I don't know. You just, I get what they're doing. They're, they're trying to save and promote theatrical releases and all that jazz. Keep, you know, keep it rolling. Utilize these movies that have been the cornerstone of cinematic adventures and keeping the theaters in business and keeping them rolling. But I also think that we're, you know, we're not out of the woods yet here. And we, and we won't be by the time it releases. So I, I kind of wish they would give us the other opportunity uh, to be able to see this movie for people who don't feel safe enough going to the theater right now. At least, I do too. At least do like, at least for this year, at least for 2021, I feel like movies should be doing this. Whether you're going to pay full price for it, 20 bucks for it, 30 bucks for it, like, have your option. Have the option, you know, like, would Black Widow be on my docket to spend thirty dollars to see it early? I don't know. If you hit me up and go, dude, there's a massive freaking reveal. You have to see this movie. Then maybe I'd look at my budget and see what I could do. Um. But would Spider-Man be on that list? Yes. Absolutely, yes. Like, that would be, hey, it's going to be Christmas time. Maybe not the day it comes out. But maybe, you know, I'll be on my, like, uh, maybe I'll have to have, have, like, a day off for Christmas. We're going to watch this movie. And uh, so that could be. But, you know, it doesn't have to be free, like the way WB is doing it with HBO. You can charge a couple bucks. Uh, that is the way to do it. Uh, but it just, I don't know. For this year, for this year, I think options should be on the table instead of being at like, you know, it it's only going to release here or it has to be done here. Go see it. It's like, well, um, then I'm going to wait. I, then you're not going to get my business in that in that forum. I would give you money for it, but not not going to the theater. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I think that you're dead on with how they should do this year. You need to be mindful. Give people the option. You're going to make more money. And I and I've said this before, bro. If you on the day it drops can say you can watch it at home spend the money to watch it at home yep. you go to the theater if that's what you choose or you could buy the blu-ray and just have it to own right then and there you're going to make money hand over fist because you're going to get people that want to do at least two of the three because i know me i'm going to want to rent it first and be like all right it was a good movie i need to now own it for my collection let me go buy it like you're going to make that profit. You're going to make the revenue. There's no doubt. I mean, again, the only reason that I can possibly think is that there has to be something massive that they're keeping that they don't want to be only revealed on the small screens. And I'm talking about TVs in your homes as opposed to being on the big theater and having that shock moment like the MCU is historically known for. Brando, we do have one last thing real fast. Because there was a, a shakeup in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Uh, kind of hashtag fuck Gina Carano, I guess, is what we're saying now. Because uh, what she said was pretty despicable. It did not have any place because there's no accuracy to what she said. I'm not even going to repeat her exact words. If you, a listener, want to go search them out, please do. Uh, I feel justice has been served and in a situation where you're a part of a beloved franchise that's for all inclusivity, everybody being togetherness, for you to go out and say and do something so outlandish, you deserve to be canceled. So, peace outside. Gina Carano. Uh, I didn't care about her that much. 
it's that was it <laughs> for me. Like it was just oh okay. So like the thing is, is that you have to think uh, in business in terms of uh, uh, especially in the world of entertainment. Uh, with, when, when your name and face is going to be out there, especially associated with such a big property, like you said, you need to be mindful of things you, the things that you say. It's not against the rules to say your own beliefs on a matter of subject as long as they're not offensive to other people. You know, if you want to say, I believe X, you know, this is how I think things, things should be. That's fine, man. Do your thing. I don't care. You know, it, it, whether I agree with you or, or disagree with you, you should be allowed to do that. But it's when you, 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 you enter the realm of literally uh, being offensive to a certain sect amount of people. I mean, even people who aren't involved can be offended by it. But you need to be careful and look at, you look at the other people within the entertainment industry. Not even just what, with, with what she said, but in other aspects. You know, if, if you're insensitive to... Uh, uh, to things that you say, whether they're, whether they're uh, racially or anything like that, you know, because that just happened with a country singer recently. Uh, I believe his uh, name, Morgan Weller. Was that his name? No idea. Anyway, uh, I, there, I, I had no idea what his name was, uh, uh, but I do know a song that he does because I've heard it in the car because I'm not the only person who controls. What do you want, Cat? We're talking about racist country music people anyway um <laughs> um no he uh, he sings the song whiskey glasses it's not a bad song i get it you know it it's like a tie on words okay, cool you know a little, little creative country song here it's not the worst song i ever heard not the best song either however he has come out and said like he got on on video saying a racial slur oh and he was called out. He was dropped from radio play. And his label dropped him. Sweet. And he has come out and said that that was at the very end of a 72-hour bender with a lot of drinking, probably a lot of partying. And he's not proud of it. And... He also called on his supporters to do not defend me. Interesting. It's like, don't defend me. I'm in the wrong here. It's like, I'm in the wrong. And he said that he was reached out to by a lot of, like, um, you know, black community groups to, like, help him. He was like, get, you know, see the wrong in what he did and the hurt in his words. And he said he was a bit surprised by it, um, but but he welcomed it. He's like, you know, it's like, you know, like I did wrong. I said something wrong here and was unaware of how much my words can hurt other people. Yeah. And he goes, he told my defenders who people are trying to defend what I did. Don't because I was wrong. He goes, he goes, my, my you know, he's like, I need to go work on myself. I need to go work on my problems and get myself in a better space to make sure that I don't hurt other people. Uh, but he goes, any, any, any sort of like reemergence is all going to be on me and the work that I put in for that. So don't, yeah. don't try to go to go, like go to bat. Big, so I thought that was very big. I, I, I thought that that took a lot of character 
as opposed to the Gina Carano response, yes. Yeah, yeah. So like literally, um, I get the importance of a role of having a like of having a woman in a very powerful role. I get that, and we need that in our in our media. We need to show little girls that th- you know we can be they can be powerful too. You know, and but at the same time, I. I didn't, you know, really identify too much with her role. She was pretty minor for the, for the, for the, for like for the show, not as important. She was there. She did some stuff. She did some thanks. And um, some would even say she did some stuff and thanks. Stuff and thanks. I'm doing stuff, Lord. Anyway, when this happened, and the 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 wording was very interesting from Lucasfilm. She is not under contract with us, and we have no plans to use her going forward. So they didn't fire her because they're keeping her as an independent contractor, which to me sounded like them trying to say, look, we're not going to nosedive your career and say you were fired by us because you won't get hired by anybody Mm -hmm. if we fire you. But we will say that you're not under contract with us and that we're not going to go move forward with the Cara Dune spinoff series we had planned that didn't get announced. And we're not going to move forward with you as an, as an actor. And then we, we, what we, what, what the, the reality here is like, how much were they planning to do? Cause obviously they didn't announce anything with her specifically. We know that certain characters are going forward with other things. And also we know that, you know, going forward with Mandalorian, we don't know how much of the story now is going to pertain to the characters who have already been in the show. You know, it has been hinted that the child portion of the Mandalorian story is nearly over. It could come back around later, but going forward into into season three, it's not going to be about the child, which is going to be a step away, but it's also at a point after that big ending of season three, now you have the breath to kind of start over a little bit. We know who, you know, uh, you know the Mandalorian is. We know who these other characters are. We know he has a dark saber, and we know that you know things are probably going to come back around. But literally, they uh, she Gina was not a star of the show, just support. And if going forward, this is a great opportunity, the perfect timing, because this didn't happen during the middle of the airing of the show perfect timing because now you're at that crossroads within the story of we didn't have we don't have to include her anyway you know you can kind of like leave the character alone Mandalorian season 3 Kara flew her X-Wing into a sun and died lol well just don't mention her again you know her part in the story was kind of over she was this former uh, you know former rebel that did did her thing and doing her thing over there and that's going to be it It, that saves you time and money of trying to like find another actress to play the same character and it's just gonna it's just, all it's gonna do within our climate is make certain people who are already angry about it make them mad and and the other people are gonna be like ah oh, good riddance you know we didn't need there anyway but so it's like well, you don't need to stretch that so you know it, like that's why the moment you said it I just went later on like that's uh, you, you can't say the kind of thing that she said in and expect there not to be something said about it. As I said, your own words can have recourse if they can hurt other people. 
You know, if you want to say I support X or I support this politician or I support these views, that is fine. Do do your thing. I don't care. Nobody else cares either. It's when but you, if you then follow it up with malicious words, yes, when you try to compare it to the to the damn near eradication of over a million people, no, there is no comparison. No, so that's all I got to say about that. I guess we're ending it on that note, but that's all right. We, uh, you know, I will say really quickly in the Zack Snyder trailer, there was one line that I loved as uh, uh, that was being said in the background. I think it was Alfred saying it just to kind of tie back into comics and bring us a little lighter note here to end <laughs> on. Uh, but he said, you know, when the bull is charging, you don't wave a red cape at it. And I just loved that because that it, when that's happening, Soups is flying and you get the red cape like in the shot too. And it was just like, oh, they're really going for it. They're really making people want to see this movie. It seems like it's going to be a little darker, which is okay. And well, because they're, I mean, that was kind of like the Snyder feel, right? So like in a way where the other version we got was a little bit, little bit in there, a little bit not. It was kind of a mixture, had some lightheartedness, which we said that we both have said, hey, that, that works well here to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, the more I see it, the more I'm like, no, maybe it should be more concurrent with the flow that he had set with Man of Steel, then BVS, and then this. That's like, he's telling a story here, and it's all going to feel the same, kind of. And uh, oh. I... He has said that Warner Brothers is not interested in doing in doing another film with him backing it. Well, uh, luckily Warner Brothers doesn't have dick all to say. It's all in HBO Max and what they want to do. So if this movie is massively popular, which I'm not sure if it will be, uh, let's be honest here. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, because this movie has been championed to be finally released, and 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 we are getting it, and, and you know, good or bad or indifferent. Uh, salute to Zack Snyder getting to tell his vision. That's you know, I'm I'm anyway, very I'm very happy that he got to do that after everything he went through in the process of totally. making this film, and just had no longer had the energy to fight the company based off of their views of what he was doing. Well, it's got to be very very cathartic for him to finish this now, and it being that when he was last in the process of finishing it, he had a, an extreme life changing tragedy happen to him, and like. Mm-hmm be able to get back to what you were trying to focus on that you know regardless of what your family situation was could have could have very well been a big game changer for not just not just Zack Snyder but it could have been a game changer for Warner Brothers and all this you know HBO Max is the savior they're championing this to make it happen but Warner Brothers could have been on board had Joss never happened and I'm sure that Man. the next time we're together, there'll be more to talk about with Joss. <laughs> there already is, but I don't want to dive into it because we're at the end of the episode. We're we're here. We don't want to get back into negative shit. All I want to say is this. I'm looking forward to the Justice League. I want to say this as well. Zack Snyder is in a position now where he has directed Batman, Superman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, possibly Green Lantern, Cyborg, Aquaman, The Comedian, Rorschach, Dr. Manhattan, Night Owl, Spectre, and why am I saying all these names? Because what if, what if because of HBO Max and the way things are going, we get the button and start to get Doomsday Clock and that's where Snyder heads. 
That'd be cool. Holy shit. You mutter futters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, for this week's episode of Journey into Comics, I want to thank you guys for checking it out. <clears throat> As always, go on all the different podcasting platforms, like we said earlier, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, YouTube, many others. Go on to our Facebook like and all that shit. Make sure to check out the journeyintocomics.com where you can get all the different shows. We've got the archives up there I need to go and update because I'm a little out of sorts. But we're working on it. Folks, I think that's going to do it. Brando, is there anything else you want to add before we go ahead and get out of here? I don't know why I lost my words there. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> folks, I think that is going to – you know what's interesting too is Wanda kind of waved her red cape too in this week. So, yeah, so we'll just say that. So anyways, folks, for this week's episode of Journey into Comics, 335, waving the red cape, I guess. I've been Nate. I've been Brando. And as always, we will pop our caps back and fill our brains with shit. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>